Welcome to the Heal Here podcast. I'm your host, Kate Flick, AKA Oracle Lightworker. I'm a Holy Fire 3 Karuna Reiki master teacher and Akashic Records reader. I also happen to be a Gemini, don't judge, a 5-1 emotional manifester and empowered empath. I am literally obsessed with helping you heal and showing you that you are your own best healer. Join me here where we will explore different techniques and modalities and where I will share personal experiences and channel guidance to help support you as you move along the spiritual and healing path. I am so glad you're here. Okay, that's enough. Um, that song, I do not believe, is carrying any guidance, hopefully, for anybody today because I'm scrolling through the lyrics. It popped into my head. And so, you know what I have to do. The song that pops into my head before I press record on here is the song I'm going to be singing today. And I am looking at some of these lyrics and I like, how, how do I have amnesia? Like, is anyone else, um, why can't I speak today? I was having trouble with words yesterday as well. Amnesia. What amnesia? Do some people say amnesia? No. Amnesia. Why am I having trouble with the A-M-N? Amnesia. Amnesia. Why are words not sounding right today? I don't even want to, I want to... I want to read these words, but I don't because I for sure need to put explicit. I always say I'm going to put explicit when I maybe say drop a swear word, which is very pretty rare. And it's usually not the worst swear word ever, but like this is just a little bit crazy. Um, I I can't even read it. Go to your Spotify and scroll down in the lyrics to boom, boom, boom from the Out Here Brothers. I can't like I used to listen to this song all the time. I don't know how old I was, definitely not old enough for these lyrics. And I can't believe, I can't believe that I used to sing this song. I'm sure I didn't know these. I, I know I didn't know all of these lyrics, but I, it's just so funny when you look back at some of the songs that you used to sing when you are a kid or the songs you listen to all the time and having no, you know, true... I don't know, understanding, I guess, of what the lyrics actually mean. So, wow, I'm getting educated today by the Out Here Brothers, and I can't, I, you need to go right now, and please, somebody go and look up these lyrics, so it's just not me, because I am, like, I can't believe how bad these lyrics are, and I can't believe that I, like, was this on the radio? I don't even know. Anyway, Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Heal Here podcast. And I feel like this is a common theme, but why am I always getting absolutely ravaged by the energies? I feel like, is this just me? (laughs) If it is, you're probably sick of me talking about this, but I feel like there's probably other people as well. So I I talk about it so you know that you're not alone. But the last, you know, the 6-6 portal leading up to the 6-6 portal, the last number of days 
have been intense. And I think I'm also in an energetic, like I'm in a little energy program and we're always getting these energetic upgrades. I think that probably, you know, totally impacts how I'm feeling. And I kind of go through a detox, I guess you could say, you know, if you, if you do take Reiki and you get the attunement, you're getting an energetic upgrade. So oftentimes there will be a detox afterwards. It could be emotional or physical where your body and your mind are upgrading to the new frequencies that you've received. So there has to be some letting go. And sometimes it can result in some unpleasant symptoms. Uh, some people feel it in their body. Some people could be very emotional. There's different things. So that could be it for me. If you are feeling these energies as well, let me know. <laughs> it always helps to know that it's not just you, but I don't know if it's just the energies or if this, if it's this program I'm in, but I'm feeling it. I am feeling it. And again, it's Thursday. This releases tomorrow as usual. And I was like, oh gosh, I don't know that I can show up today and record this. I just, the energy, my energy is so low, but Honestly, even since I got my butt downstairs and have, you know, just been sitting in my chair thinking about what I want to talk about, I am feeling a little bit of a shift in energy. So that's good. And even up until like a few minutes ago, I, in typical Kate fashion, wasn't sure what I was going to talk about. There's one episode that I had planned to talk about today, but I was like, I don't even know if I can get my head around that today. And then there are a few more that I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll talk about this or do a shorter episode, but I am feeling called to talk about the, <laughs> why am I not mentioning what it is? Okay. Today's topic is <laughs> adventures in mediumship. Well, maybe that's what I'll call it. Um, but it's, I've been wanting to talk about my experience so far in mediumship training. And I actually never talked about this before. And I guess this is a big no, no, I'm a manifester and you're, I'm not supposed to be uh, keeping things secret and it wasn't meant to be a secret, but I just, I didn't feel called to talk about it. Um, but as a manifester, you're supposed to inform people about decisions you're making um, before you make them. Otherwise, some people feel caught off guard. So hopefully you're not, hopefully, I don't think that this uh, announcement should um, hopefully catch anybody off guard or make Hopefully it doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. I always get so paranoid about my human design. And I think that's not a good thing, obviously. I maybe overly focus on it sometimes, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't been informing enough. So I'm out of alignment and people are going to take things the wrong way if I don't, if I'm not informing. So anyhow, hopefully this doesn't cause any discomfort for you. I think it probably means people in your family, your inner circle, that you're supposed to be informing and it's funny because I have so much resistance to it I like to do things privately like I want to do all the courses do all the things and like I'll talk about it after I never really want to talk about things when I'm in them usually like that's like naturally that's how I feel like I'd rather not tell people that I'm doing something um, in the moment I just like to be doing it without anybody knowing for some reason I just like to be in in what I'm doing and then maybe share after but I'm trying to push myself to share more things 
as I'm doing them and talk about them in advance, which for whatever reason I find challenging. It's interesting. I'm coming to a realization right now in the moment that this, like I was feeling called to share about my experiences so far in mediumship training. And I, I know that, you know, as a listener of podcasts, I would have liked to have heard about someone's experiences and whatever type of training as they were going through it. Like that would appeal to me. But as I said, that's not usually how I like to operate. So I was feeling the pull to do this episode. And then today I was like, I can't do it. And I was kind of blaming it on my energy, I think. And I came up with all these alternate things I could talk about. And then I just was sitting here. I'm like, what am I going to talk about today? And I just didn't want to talk about this, about my mediumship experiences, although I felt pulled to do it at the same time, but was feeling super resistant. And now I'm realizing why is because I don't like, this is for whatever reason, feels out of my comfort zone to be sharing as I'm going through something. Okay, maybe it's like, maybe it's um, something around... I don't know, confidence or self-worth or something like I don't want to share until it's finished and like I've gone through it and then I can, I don't know, like maybe there's something more vulnerable about sharing in something. I don't know during the process. I don't know. I'm trying to figure, <laughs> trying to figure out why I don't like to share as I go. But anyway, I'm pushing through the resistance today. So I'm going to talk to you about the training I'm in, the initiation. But before I do that, I want to just remind you that I have my new, I'm so excited about it, my new hybrid Reiki level one and two training coming out on June 25th. This class will be a combination of pre-recorded video lessons and some other formats as well. Like there'll be some, you know, PDFs and some audios as well as three live classes and the live classes will take place on June 25th on these are all on Sundays June 25th July 2nd and July 9th and typically I teach the course as a weekend intensive and it is intense it's a lot and I, I love it but this gives some people the opportunity who can't dedicate a whole weekend to the training to be able to spread it out and and to do some of the learning at their own convenience. And that's what I love about this model is that students are going to be able to have that information, have those videos. They can rewatch them as many times as they want. And this is something that I've noticed through all my Reiki trainings is that it is so intense, like meaning it's such an intense learning weekend. Your, your, your body is being upgraded like you're receiving a massive energetic upgrade to frequency which is huge in itself tiring all the things and then you're learning so much theory so it's like a lot of people I've heard say like whoa that was a blur like they've and even myself like you forget so much that happens in the learning part just because there's just you're experiencing all these things you're having these discussions you're, pra you're practicing it's so much and it's amazing but one thing I have heard people say is that, you know, I wish I could access some of these learning materials like after the fact. So this having a hybrid model is going to enable students to 
learn the information, the theory, history on their own time. They can review it as many times as they want. They have that, okay? They have access to all that information and that they can rewatch over and over again. And then the times that we're together are going to be solely focused on your experiences, the placements, which are the attunements to the frequency and practice and discussion. So it's very, very um, experiential when we're doing the live classes, like it's your time is being used so wisely, I feel, because then you can learn the theory and the history on your own time. Maybe you put your headphones in and you're cleaning the house and you're listening to it and you might want to listen to it a few times and that's great. Or you can listen to it in the car, what have you, but you, you have that choice on how you wish to learn a portion of the curriculum. So I'm super excited to deliver the curriculum in this way. And I think it's going to be very supportive to a lot of people and enable some people to take the training that may not have been able to fit it into their busy schedule. And that's why I love this model is it honors people's time. And so the time we are meeting is going to be jam packed with, um, these, you know, the, the experiences, the placements, the discussions, the practice, and then you can learn the rest of the material on your own time in the way that you prefer. So if you have any questions about this training, please reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram at Oracle Lightworker, or you can email me at oraclelightworkerhealing at gmail.com. I'd love to answer any questions for you. But yeah, I would love to have you in the training. And, you know, I just had someone sign up from uh, Australia and she is getting up at two in the morning to do this training on the three days and, or maybe she's staying up. I don't know. But like, to me, that is so amazing. Like the dedication and classes that I've been in before the same thing was happening. It's like, if you feel called to learn this, nothing's going to stop you. So I, I love the dedication to getting up early or staying up all night, staying up all night. Um, I think that's pretty amazing. And I also share this to let you know, don't let your time zone be a deterrent. Um, if you have to wake up at five in the morning or two in the morning, but you're feeling called to do so, then it's for a reason. And sometimes maybe the time zones don't totally align, but if you are feeling called to work with this energy now, you will, you'll make it work. If you can, if you're meant to learn now, you'll make it work. You will find a way and if that way includes me as your teacher, I would love to be your guide on this path. So looking forward to June 25th and sharing this energy with my students. And also a reminder that my Reiki master training will be taught in a three-day intensive in September. So this fall, September 22nd. And again, all the links to sign up for these classes are below. And there's a code if you sign up for the Reiki hybrid by June 11th or on or before June 11th, then you'll receive $25 off with the coupon early bird at checkout. And if you wish to receive $100 off the master training, you can receive a code by uh, clicking the link below and you'll be sent a code for that. So would love to have you in class if you are feeling called. And again, just DM me, email me if you have any questions at all. 
Okay, well, let's get into the show. Do 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 do. This is my musical segue. Do 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 do. Into the show we go. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I'm not even going to say those lyrics. Like, that is, I need to go brush my teeth after or wash out my eyes with hydrogen peroxide. Um, yeah, there's some, those lyrics are a bit intense. Um, okay, so. Today we are going to talk about my experience in so far in mediumship training. I'm trying to think how long. Has it been three weeks? Three weeks or four weeks? Maybe three? I think it's been three weeks that I've been in this training and I'm taking the initiation with Danielle Serank. I've mentioned her before. And this is the found, a Foundations of Mediumship course. So it's kind of like a beginner mediumship course. She has the initiation and then the, she has the initiation 2.0, which is advanced mediumship. And I have been interested in mediumship for a long time. I've mentioned this in past podcasts, but I was in Danielle's first cohort of, actually, I believe she called it the initiation circle in the beginning. Now I think she calls it the collective, but she it's her membership where different, you know, people in the spiritual community who have different spiritual gifts or modalities that they practice. They're in this membership and we're paired together with partners every week. And like I spent over a year in the membership and every week I was giving Akashic uh, records readings to people. And a lot of the time I would say the, you know, I'd say 90 to 95% of the time, the people that I was paired up with um, they were mediums. So I would be getting a mediumship reading pretty much every single week for over a year. (laughs) So just being around these, you know, mediums, aspiring mediums, practicing mediums, I was picking up a lot. Like I was learning little things and through Daniel's teachings, we would have teachings in the, in the membership as well. And so I'd learn little things here and there about mediumship and, and that was fine. Um, I kind of moved my interest into from Akashic Records to Reiki and you know that's obviously where my energy has been um, ever since but recently I've really just been feeling pulled to learn more about mediumship. I sometimes have spirits coming through like uh, past loved ones coming through um, in my Akashic Reiki sessions and so I just was starting to get more curious and want, I wanted to have more techniques to be able to communicate with these past loved ones that were coming through in my readings. And I wanted to be able to establish a more consistent connection with these uh, transitioned loved ones and just open up that communication with them and do that in a way that was, you know, supportive for me and for, uh, the spirit world for our transitioned loved ones. And it just kept calling to me, kept calling to me. And then I just know, like, this is how I am with a lot of courses. Like I, I'm the type of person that I just know I have to learn something now. I have to take a course now. And I honor my intuition that like, I need to take it now. And that happened before with, you know, my, my Reiki training. And when I look back, in hindsight, I always see why I needed to take something at a certain time. And so I really trust my intuition when it comes to taking these courses or these classes, because I always can see after the fact why it was important 
for my for me to take that at that time so I just felt strongly pulled strongly pulled and then I just I knew I had to take I had to take this course and I had to take it now so I signed up and the course is kind of like my you know the similar model like a hybrid model like the Reiki course that I'm going to be teaching so there's pre-recorded lessons every week and there's some there's a live class every week as well as the assignment of practice partners. So we have two practice sessions every week for eight weeks. So at the end of this, I will have had 16 practice sessions. So far I have had six. So I guess, yeah, this must be week three, finishing week three. Um, we get, we, every Thursday we get two more practice sessions or partners assigned. So I'll be getting two more today. So I just thought today I would just talk a little bit about what I have learned so far from my mediumship training, maybe about myself, like what has been kind of revealed to me or what has surprised me maybe. I did reach out to my practice partners and ask for consent and everyone agreed um, that it would be okay if I shared what went on in our sessions. It's going to be completely anonymous. I will not be obviously naming any of my partners, but just thought it would be helpful to people who might be on a similar path or who are interested in mediumship to hear about some of the messages that were coming through, some of the things that landed, some of the things that didn't land. And yeah, um, I, I hope that this is helpful to you or interesting to you if you have any type of curiosity around mediumship. So I think I'm going to start by talking about my one of my first sessions. And going into that session, there's a feeling of nervousness because it's, it's hard to explain. I'm a beginner at this, but I feel like because I do this for a job now, I have a spiritual business, I do this as a job that I had put some expectations on myself. Like I need to be really good at this. Like I almost felt like going into this that, you know, my practice partner, I owed them something like I, I had to get rid of the mindset of like, okay, I'm a beginner. I'm learning. Okay. This person isn't paying me. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I don't have to necessarily please them. Like there's a people pleasing aspect I find t with regards to my job where I, you want to please your client. Okay. I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs feel like this, like you really want to please your client and you want to make them happy. And I had to kind of separate this course from my day-to-day -day life working as a spiritual entrepreneur because I, f I found like going into the first session, the first few sessions actually, I had this mindset, I was carrying the same mindset as I would have been carrying in my spiritual business. Okay, I was showing up feeling like I had to perform, okay, and I had to deliver something to my practice partner. And then I kind of realized that, okay, <laughs> you're going to fail, you're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. Like, this is practice. You're, this is not, even though it feels like your job, it's not your job. And that was the toughest part for me in the beginning is separating this and, and, having, giving myself this, the space to be a beginner. 
Okay. Be a beginner again to fail, to, to practice, because I think I was going in with a mindset of like having to, yeah, deliver something, prove myself. And it's like, well, there's nothing to prove. You took this course to learn. You're allowed to be a beginner at something. Okay. And just because you already have a spiritual business doesn't mean anything about this course or about what you're going to be doing in your practice readings. And I almost wish that, you know, it would have been easier for me going in to just be like, cause you talk and you're like, what do you do? And you know, part of me wanted to just be like, I'm a high school teacher. Like it just felt like there would be fewer expectations on me. And I felt like, and this is of course all self-imposed, but I felt like whenever I said, you know, I've been a high school teacher, but I have recently taken a leave from that job and I'm running spiritual business. I felt like right away, like this is in my mind, probably only that it's like, oh, there's an expectation now like, oh, okay. And, and if I didn't have a good session, maybe, you know, a practice session, maybe that would reflect negatively on my business in some way. Like maybe that, like in, in my mind, it was like, oh, if I have a bad session, that says something about, you know, how I am as a, a Reiki master or Akashic records reader, etc. When in fact that has no bearing on that, they're two separate things. So I think one of the first things I have come to realize is that it's okay to be a beginner, that it's important when you are learning a new modality and it doesn't matter if it's under the spirit, it's under the umbrella of spirituality. It doesn't mean that you should have more expectations of yourself or that others will like you have to create that separation and give yourself the space to be a beginner because if you don't give yourself that that space to make mistakes and to fail, then are you really going to grow and learn as much as you as you could have? Like, I don't think so. So it's been giving myself grace, giving myself space, and allowing myself to be a beginner. So that's a huge that was a huge learning for me. Um, I've like really enjoyed all my practice sessions as an aside, like just, it's so awesome to be connected with people who are, who have similar interests, who are aligned. And it's just, yeah, it's been so awesome being able to connect with people from all over. So in my first practice session, I went in feeling nervous. This is before I realized that it was okay to, for me to be a beginner. It was okay for me to fail. And I just felt like I had a lot of expectations on myself. And so, you know, after introducing myself and what have you, and, and my partner actually had, you know, my mom come through and I'm going to focus more of this on, you know, what I learned through, you know, what I was picking up, but you know, all of my partners had loved ones come through and gave me, you know, a lot of great information. Um, they're very accurate and a lot of evidence. So that has been super cool. Um, but yeah, like she totally brought my mother through. It was, she was bang on. Um, and I, I remember when I was connecting in and, and again, like mediumship is a three-way link. And so you are connecting with your sitter. 
okay? The person you're doing a reading for and for the spirit communicator. And then, you know, it's a three-way link between you, the sitter, and the spirit communicator. So that's another thing to take into consideration that sometimes if you do have a bad reading and people are bound to have bad readings or bad sessions, it's not always all on you. There are two other factors <laughs> that are coming into play. And, you know, it's it's also learning to communicate with like all spirits are so different and they communicate in different ways. And, and that's why it's in so, it's so important to be developing all your clairs because certain transitioned loved ones, you know, maybe are, are going to be communicating more through one clair than another. So it's like developing your clairs, like the language of spirit so that you can, it's like being able to speak many different languages, right? That opens you up to speak to so many more people. If you can only speak one language, then you're limiting yourself. So it's, there's a lot of, there's so much importance about opening up your, all your clairs. And that's why I think there's a lot of people, there's definitely a link between Reiki and mediumship and you will, there's, you know, a lot of people in my practice sessions will tell me like I'm a Reiki practitioner already. And that makes sense because you know, and it makes sense that I'm being guided in this direction as well is because for me, I have not found anything that has opened up my gifts and my clairs more than Reiki, like receiving the Reiki placements and attunements like that revealed a, a lot of my spiritual gifts and opened up my abilities, you know, to communicate with spirit, help to open up my clairs. So there is a definite connection there. And I think Reiki really facilitates that communication. So back to my first reading. So I met up with my practice partner on Zoom and she was lovely. She put me at ease right away. And so that was really nice. Um, we chatted for a while. And when I was connecting in and doing my session with her, I like right away, I just felt like nothing was coming through and I was panicking. I'm like, okay, what is happening here? Because when I do my own sessions with the Akashic Records, it's like so much information tends to flood through and it's, you know, I'm scribbling it all down and this felt like crickets. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? I felt like a sense of panic. And it's funny because before the session, I was like, oh, should I open the Akashic records? Okay. Should I pull a few cards? Like maybe I'll do, it almost felt like, okay, if I do this, at least I will have something to give them. You know, if I fail miserably, at least like, again, it was me delivering, delivering something because I didn't want them to leave empty handed, but I heard clear guidance for myself that I wasn't to use Oracle cards. I wasn't to use Reiki or the Akashic records. Like I used my pendulum. I was asking the question. I was almost like, please, can I just open the records? No, no, come on. Just maybe an Oracle card. No, <laughs> I was like, thanks a lot. You're leaving me out to dry here, but I think the message for me, it was like, no, you need to focus on this skill. Okay. Like remove all your crutches. And I mean, not to say that other people might've been guided to use those things. And that was important for them. Like everybody has their own path, but my guidance for me was no, you're to, to look at this skill in isolation without any other distractions. So I was like, okay, fair enough. And then, and then I'm sitting there and it's like crickets. I'm like, come on spirit. Like give me, throw me a bone here. <laughs> Can I please just, uh, pause this and go open the records. Um, 
But anyhow, then I did start to get some information coming through about my sitter's grandfather and is able to determine it was um, this person's maternal grandfather. And again, like, and I'm still trying to figure this out because, and, and this is a question I'll have to ask, um, Danielle moving forward is like, whenever she always talks about spirit coming from behind. Okay. And like psychic information is coming from the front, but for me always like past loved ones, everyone seems to always come from the front for me, like without fail. And so, and I see like, and I, I don't know, I'm like, so is this psychic information? I don't, I, I don't know, but I always see these, you know, spirits, past loved ones coming at me and I see them either over my sitter's uh, left or right shoulder. And so when I see them coming on my right, which would be their left shoulder, to me that represents maternal. And then on the other side, uh, I it, it, it represents paternal. And I can usually get a sense of male or female and then usually get a sense, you know, is this grandmother, grandfather energy, what have you. So I, you know, I, I perceived it was this person's maternal grandfather and that was validated. And then I had this sense of bringing my hands to my chest. And I said, did your past loved one pass of a heart attack or sorry I said of heart something to do with her heart and she confirmed heart attack so I said um I said the names Larry and Harry they were wrong <laughs> I've never gotten a name before these random names come in my mind so I'm like I'll try but anyway no those were not right and it was weird I kept seeing her grandfather I felt like the grandfather was showing me a slide and them going down a slide and I was like so is this slide like, I don't know why they're showing me a slide. Like, is there something about like, I don't know, your mind, your mind starts to try to create a story. And that's what I've learned is like, no, tell what you've seen. And then also give the sitter an opportunity to make their own connections. Okay. And so the slide doesn't, didn't resonate. We kind of left that and kept going. And then, um, I don't know. I'm just going, I kept notes and this is my first session. This was a while ago. So I'm forgetting some of the things, but I heard Trump, uh, there's a trumpet and instruments and then saw him dancing with, um, this, the sitter's grandmother, but she couldn't really confirm if, if that was something that they did. Um, but then I was given information about, um, this grandfather having, like I could see that he had a son and then I was like, oh, there's an another, like I felt that showing me two sons, but I saw one of his boys, like I felt one was really close to him. Like I saw him really close to him and the other one was separated away. And so I, I asked like, is this, did one son have, was he, was this one son just like him? And like, I thought like maybe they did the same job or whatever. And then you know, I don't know. I, I think at the time she said she actually, did she validate it then or later? I can't remember, but she did, she did validate that there was one, one of the, one of this man's sons who had separated from the family. Okay. And so I saw that, that separation. And so anyway, there was more discussion around that and she had called and talked to her mother and anyway I didn't write down I wish I had written down more notes but there were 
you know, there's some validating things that came up around that separation of this, you know, boy from the family and the grandfather was expressing remorse about like, and that he was, that he had, he had some remorse, um, about how things, you know, how things ended, maybe him not taking ownership for some of his mistakes, um, when he was raising his child. And so anyway, that was, which could have led to this separation. So anyway, I found that to be really, really interesting. Um, so I put like, I wrote a few notes after this and for my reflection and I said, don't force, <laughs> be patient. And that's one thing I'm learning is like, stop trying to force things and make things fit like allow like oh yeah that's what it was the slide like I was like okay what is the slide what is the slide it's like say the evidence out loud and then if it doesn't resonate that's fine keep going and then later she she was able she told me um actually it's not that it didn't resonate I think I had asked her to just say yes no or I'm not sure and then we discuss later and then at the end she said about the slide, she, um, elaborated and said, I think the slide, uh, represents how he passed. Cause I said the slide right after I was clutching, clutching my heart. And I realized it was a heart issue. And I guess he, he like, um, this, the sitter's grandmother, I think reached out her hand or something and like was holding his hand or something. And he's like slid off the bed or his chair. And it was kind of like, like the motion I was describing. Cause I kept, I was putting my hand up and down on the screen, like a slide. I'm like, I just keep seeing this movement. And she's like, I think that that was him showing you how he passed. I'm like, this is fascinating. Like, and it just shows me that, you know, say it, but don't attach to what you think it means and allow the information, um, be okay with it, not landing right away or with it, not, you know, we take things as a literal meaning and someone else in my group was messaging me today. That that's one of her biggest lessons who she said that is realizing that the images you see don't have to be, they can be representative of something. They don't have to be the literal meaning. And that was exactly what happened in this first reading. I was like, Oh, it has to be a slide. It's like something from their childhood or something. And it's like, no, it was the movement of the slide. And that way my hand was going was representing, like he was still showing me how he passed. So super interesting. So I see some notes I took here was talking about my preparation and I danced before. So I'm experimenting with different ways, preparing for sessions. What I have learned after doing, I guess, six sessions is that it's important to set intentions with spirit before. And I know Danielle does recommend like you can maybe do your meditation or sit in the power like a couple of hours before. And she likes to then raise her vibration, her energy by kind of dancing and doing more high vibe things right before her session. So I'm experimenting with different ways to prepare. So for this one, I did dance before, but I don't think I set intentions with spirit before. So I did start doing that later. And that's something I'm going to even kind of get a bit more serious about is setting those specific intentions before, because I think it is important to open up those lines of communication before you sit down. And it's so funny because my sitter that day when she did a reading for me, she's like, I don't know why this is coming. She's similar to me in that she gets songs too. Like songs are coming through. I'm like, this is amazing. 
and she got a song from Justin Bieber that had particular relevance to me and my past loved one. And I was like, of course, of course, this person's bringing through Justin Bieber too, because if you have been following me for a while, when I was teaching high school, I'm sure you saw some videos from my classroom with my huge Justin Bieber. Um, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, you know, my memory, I'm sure I've mentioned it 20 million times. I apologize. Apparently people with ADHD repeat stories a lot too. So, um, yeah, you guys are in for a lot of repetition. Sorry. But yes, I had a huge Justin Bieber, what is it called? Shower curtain on my wall. And like I said, I'm sure I probably said this last episode, but no, or maybe I was just, I remember telling this story recently. Maybe I was telling it to my partner about with the Justin Bieber, like figure, like I had like a, this was like in the box, like a student gave me this figurine of Justin Bieber and all, all the Bieber stuff would dance to Biebs like before class when my students were coming in. So, um, anyhow, she delivered a really, you know, a meaningful message through Justin Bieber lyrics to me. And also she said, I don't know why I'm hearing the song. I hope you dance. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I wonder if that was like, that was a reference to me just dancing right before the session, like all around the room to prepare for the session. Anyway, I thought it was kind of cool. Okay. I'm realizing I'm at 41 minutes already and there's no way I'm going to get through all of these sessions. So anyway, maybe I'll do one more here, but I even wrote down what I had before. I had a smoothie right before. I know Danielle always talks about not wanting to have a heavy meal before you're connecting in with spirit. So I was like experimenting with the types of food I I was consuming. And I wrote, I had a sauna and shower um, before. Uh, and I sat in the power in the sauna. And I, jam- I danced to jump around. I'm so glad I documented this because I have the worst memory. <laughs> memory. Um, so right away... It was so cool that um, this person that I connected with right away, she's like, I'm seeing a blue butterfly. And I've mentioned this before, but butterflies are my mom's sign, you know, and everything had a butterfly on it. Like when she found out she had cancer, just everything was butterflies. Everybody gave her stuff with butterflies. And in my phone, it says mom with the blue butterfly emoji. So she's like, I'm seeing a blue butterfly. I'm like, yeah. And then eagle. She's like, I see an eagle. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) this is bang on. Like eagles again are representative of my brother who had passed away before I was born and just significant to our family in general. And like, so this, this, um, practice partner is with brought through my mom and my grandmother lots of very accurate information. And it was so cool that that they acknowledged that I was breaking the cycle of generational trauma in our family, she said, and that she was saying how my mom wasn't able to do it in her lifetime, but like that what the work I'm doing now is she's feeling the healing effects of, of that. And it was really validating to hear that. And it's it's also validating in the sense that like when I'm in the records, I've, I've received similar messages for clients. And so to have that message given to me, um, was really powerful. And then she also showed me like that my mom, like she showed me some moments from my childhood that were meaningful to my mom. And it brought me to tears, like literally brought me to tears. And like, then she, she said that I was a huge empath when I was a child, like a very sensitive child. And that, you know, my mom was very like, 
in awe of my wisdom and like how I was, but at the same time, she didn't sometimes didn't know how to deal with, um, that and my sensitivities. And so just gave me some insight that, you know, and just like that she had found it difficult to parent me sometimes, which, you know, I, I know that, but it was validating to hear that my session, uh, receiving information for this sitter was sort of blew my mind. Like it wasn't, I wasn't expecting it. I don't think that they were expecting it either. And so it was so interesting because I right away, like connected in and I saw like a boy, like a three-year-old boy, like that's about the age I would estimate. I'm like, okay. And I was, you know, expecting older energy, right? You no one expects, I, I, you know, even when I've had some souls come through in my Akashic Reiki readings, I don't recall having like a young person coming through a young energy like that. So I saw a boy like with a ball cap, just like a young kind of three-year-old, three-ish, four-year-old boy. And so I said, you know, I'm seeing a boy, like, is it, there's someone who could be, you know, f- like, is there a young kind of male energy? And then I feel like my sitter's face kind of looked like I was co- trying hard to discern, like, am I totally out there? Cause you say that I'm like, she probably doesn't have, this probably is not resonating, but again, I keep learning more and more, just say everything that comes through. And then she said, yes, yes. And then kind of a hesitation I felt. And then I was just like, then it came to my mind and I was like, okay, what? Like, cause I saw the boy, but then I was like, wait, did you have a miscarriage? And then she kind of hesitated and said, well, no, like I had made the decision to end the pregnancy. And then I just got so much information coming through. And that, like, so the, and this is another interesting thing is that like spirits will present themselves like he showed himself as a three-year-old boy and I uh, you know maybe that was to sh- to sh- let her know that that he, this he was a boy like you know she wouldn't have known that and maybe that was ha- like because he went from showing me a three-year-old boy I saw the cap I saw everything like just like this like three-year-old boy and then then right away I was given kind of the information like okay I saw that this baby didn't come to term and then I was like what and but it spirit will present that's a thing to keep in mind if you are on the mediumship path or interested in it like or if you're having experiences like spirit decides what at what age like they might not show you they might show you you know say it was your grandparent who lived to be 95 they might present at 35 like they might want to present themselves as the 30 year old version of themselves. Um, so that's why sometimes when you're doing physical descriptions, you don't want to get too attached to like, you know, for instance, maybe somebody's shown up with a full head of hair, but you only recognize them as being bald most of your life. Like if it's your grandparent and, and if you get too attached to, you know, some of these physical descriptions, I think it can really, throw things off. So just be open, you know, just realize that spirits can present in different ages. And I think that this spirit, the soul was presenting in this way, just so I could tell the sitter that, yeah, this, it was a, he he was presenting as a male. And then I just started to receive 
so much beautiful information from this soul and that he is a guide for her in this lifetime and wants to work with her and like that he and this is the coolest thing I've you know this is such was so cool what he showed me is like we talk about this in Reiki there are the 12 heavens which are like the 12 dimensions or levels of consciousness and so I talked about this in my spirit attachments podcast the second heaven is where spirits like there, there can be spirits there that haven't transitioned into the light. Okay. And that's how we get spirit, spirit attachments is that these kind of lost souls who haven't transitioned can then attach to people on, you know, the earthly plane because they need an energy source. So I had heard before about there being some light beings, um, enlightened ones kind of that act as a bridge between the second and third heaven to, to allow some of these souls to assist with that transition. And he showed me that he was acting as a bridge between the second and third heavens. I was like, okay, my mind is literally blown right now. Like this is unbelievable. And it's sort of crazy because at the end of the session, she actually told me, my sitter told me that she felt like that was part of her purpose. Like she has a lot of spiritual gifts and she saw herself as being a bridge, uh, like a bridge between the realms. So I just thought that was unbelievable that what was coming through actually resonated with how she sees herself now. And he made it clear he wanted to work with her and be communicating with her more. So I just thought that was so special. Okay, now back to the spirit communicator. So then he was showing me his mother just watching her children today and the milestones that they were going through and thinking about him, like, well, and thinking about what milestone he would be at and like feeling sadness and like, um, and, and his big message was about releasing guilt, releasing shame and saying like that, you know, that they had a soul contract and that her, you know, she has free will and her decision was a gift to him and catapulted him in his soul's growth and evolution. And so, you know, he, he showed me that she hadn't given herself the opportunity to grieve because she didn't deserve, deserve to grieve because she felt like she made that decision. So she wasn't, you know, people who have a miscarriage or lose a child, like, you know, there's such a grieving process. I can only imagine. And that, she didn't afford herself that process because she didn't feel worthy of it. And he kept emphasizing like that you need to release this guilt and, and these feelings because he wouldn't have been able to evolve and, and be doing what he's doing now. Um, if she hadn't made that decision. And so to release the guilt, to release the shame and you know, that, that, to know that she's worthy of grief. She's allowed to grieve. Like she deserves to grieve. Um, anyhow, it was a really beautiful experience. And she had said like in the past, like someone had brought through his energy before, but there wasn't a lot of messaging coming through, just more of a sensing of his presence. And so today, like, or that the day that I did that, um, that, that information came through and it just, I don't know, I just felt really honored to be a conduit for that, for that energy to come through. And I think it's an important message for 
so many people and just around grief and shame and decisions that you have, you know, made in the past and that you're questioning those decisions. It's like, just allow yourself some grace and compassion and also allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to feel all the emotions that are coming up for you. And some people don't feel like what they're going through in their life, you know, that they can't, that somebody else has something bigger to grieve. I think like, oh, there's nothing like I didn't lose someone close to me in my life right now. Why am I experiencing, like, why do I feel this sadness? Why do I feel this pain? And why do I feel this way? It's like, we are experiencing collective grief right now. You know, this is not an isolated issue. There are many things that we are grieving collectively. And so to allow yourself some space to connect with these emotions and to know that you're not alone in feeling um, this grief. Okay, maybe I'll just do one more here. And this is was my third session and it didn't go as well for me at all. It actually felt like, oh, like this is so hard and just questioning myself. I'm like, what the heck? And it's like, I feel like mediumship, I think Danielle has said this, it's just like, I think there's ebbs and flows, there's ups and downs. Like you can have a great reading and then kind of be brought back to your knees, brought back to reality. And that's what I felt like this third session was for me. I didn't write down any of my preparation here. Although I did, I did remember starting this session with a guided meditation with my sitter. And I had done that the previous time and it felt like it worked really well. So I did it this time and it didn't work so well. Anyway, I haven't been doing the guided meditation anymore. I've been doing more work before I sat down on Zoom. Like this is moving forward. I've been doing that. So anyway, again, it's all experimentation. So this person brought through my grandmother and my mother. Um, I believe my grandmother too. I had grandmother written here, but I can't remember. But um, yeah, like they saw water. And again, I've had more than one person bring up their, your mother showing me water and water is so important, was so important to my mom. That's one of the last things she said, remember how much the water means to me is one of the last things she said to me. And so, yeah, it's not surprising that people are bringing up like they're, she's showing me water right now. And so then this person who's very clear sentient feels a lot in her body and she was getting like, I have a pain in my right eye. And my mom actually had been scheduled for cataracts, like eye surgery, but because, you know, because of her cancer, she had to, she never ended up getting that surgery in the end. So she was picking up on that eye, the eyes, um, her issues with her eyes. And she picked up as well on the, like her long, like she was going to the area of her chest and her lungs and, we talked about, you know, that my mom had passed of lung cancer, but hadn't smoked in her life, but that she did lose a child and oftentimes grief energetically stored in the lungs. So that kind of makes sense. Um, so yeah, she was bringing through things about my mom and whenever I was connecting to my partner's, uh, loved one, like right away, I saw a cross. And so I said, feel like this is a man is there anybody in your family who's a man of faith is what I said and it's kind of like uh like we're kind of going back and forth like I didn't write everything down but I just felt like it was we weren't able to really nail down who this was at first and then this person was showing me planes and I was just like okay and then in the beginning it was and now I'm realizing like 
I'm the type of person and I've kind of changed my readings a little bit, I think, with regards to feedback. I like when people give me a little bit more clarity during the reading and not at the end because then the clarity helps me to piece it together more because in the beginning I was saying, well, you can just say like yes or no or I'm not sure. And then so I'd just be saying things out and then kind of thinking, oh gosh, like this doesn't make sense. Anyway, so the man of faith thing was kind of, she thought I was talking about one grandfather, but there's one grandfather that was more religious and then one that wasn't. And then the planes, anyway, it turns out we figured out the planes, this, her, the one grandfather traveled a lot for work. And I think that's why he was showing me the planes. Um, and it's at one point when I was getting a few no's, I was feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm just making this up, feeling discouraged. I'm like, ah, like just felt, it was kind of feeling stressed about it. And so I started, like I saw an image of a man with a stethoscope around his neck and I was like, I'm not, and I just didn't say it. Cause I was like, this is just getting to be too out there with me saying like planes and this and that. And, um, anyway, I was just honestly doubting myself and, at the end, she did, she did tell me that this one grandfather she felt I was connecting with was a vet. He, he was a vet and he traveled a lot for work. And then I made the connection that the cross I was seeing, I was seeing it like a sign and it's like, you know, like the medical, you know, the medical symbol that you are shown. It's like, I don't know, red and white, I think. And I was seeing it more clearly after, but it was like, oh, I was taking the cross as being like a sign of the church. Like I was interpreting as, as that, but now I realize after, I think it was showing me like medical, I work in medical area and the stethoscope, I think was showing me that he was a doctor. Although it would have been helpful if he to show me some animals, <laughs> but he didn't. But that session was just it, it showed me that I need to, I do need to say everything out loud. Like even cause I started holding back when I was getting some no's because I was like, this sounds crazy. I shouldn't say this, but because I've always been a perfectionist, like if I get a no, like I want to do things right. I want to do things perfectly. That's how I've always been. So if I get a no, I'm like, Oh, this isn't perfect. This is a bad reading. And it's like, Daniel has said many times, like, all mediums get no's all the time. Like it's spirit is showing us this information and we're deciphering it. And it's, it's some things aren't going to land. And there's some things that the sitter will say no about. And then maybe a couple hours later, a couple of days or even weeks or months later, they're like, Oh my gosh, like that was actually, I said no to you, but I found out that that was actually correct. Or somehow I forgot or this or that. So it's like you, I take the, I've been, I had been taking the nose personally and feeling like every no is a huge failure, but now I'm trying to reframe and saying, okay, the no is just kind of a redirection. And maybe I just need to leave that bit of, of evidence that's coming through and it may come back to it. Just like the slide, you know, I came back, it, it came around and made sense later, but to not attach to the nose. And that's what I was like, Oh, I attached to the no. And then I just get stuck. And in my head, and that's, you know, you, you lose your connection when you do that. And so I forget the percentage. Did Daniel say 50% of your reading 
of most mediums readings are going to be no's. Like there's going to be 50% are going to be no's and 50% are going to be yeses or something like that. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of no's <laughs> when you, you know, even like professional mediums. So it made me, it, it's made me feel better knowing that. And also knowing like when we, when you see things on TV, like it's highly edited, right? So people go into a mediumship reading expecting it to be maybe like what they've seen on TV. So if you're familiar with Tyler Henry, for example, he's a famous celebrity medium. He has a show on Netflix, I believe. I watched it. I just can't remember if it's net. I assume it's Netflix. And you'll see he he uses psychometry where it's your he'll take someone's object like the loved loved one's object and he receives his messages through connecting with the object and he'll do his scribbles and things. And like, I am very much, that's like, I get my information too through automatic writing. So pen and paper are always with me during all my sessions and, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm real. That's another thing I've realized is that in my, I've talked today about my first three sessions. I think I'll, if this, if people are interested in this and if you are, if you enjoyed this episode, if you're interested in learning more, I can do some more episodes talking about what I've been learning in mediumship training. Just let me know if this is something that you're interested in. Um, because my next few readings, I started experimenting with writing more and like, write Like, because I realized, okay, that's how I connect during my Kasha Reiki sessions. That's how I get a lot of information is through the writing piece. So I started doing that more in my readings and feeling like even more information was coming through. That was an aside. I digress as usual, but yeah, back to Tyler Henry. So that's edited, right? Like if you went back to the raw footage, they would have got taken a lot of things out, right? All the no's like him piecing things together. Mediumship readings are piecing that puzzle together to you know, trying to communicate with the spirit and, and take that information and deliver it in a way that resonates. And again, it's like being, I feel like it's like being a detective a lot of the time and just like, just putting these puzzle pieces together. And that's why it's so fascinating. Like I find it absolutely fascinating working with spirit and just it blows my mind away. And it's so beautiful it can be very frustrating, mind you, very frustrating. And then it can take, you can be on the highest high. Like I just killed that reading. That was crazy. That was unreal. And then like, oh my gosh, I suck. <laughs> I totally suck right now. So there are some highs and lows, but I'm learning to navigate those, but it's just been so cool. But again, just remember that if you watch any of these medium celebrity mediums on TV, it's been edited out and that's why it sometimes creates unrealistic expectations. People sign up, you know, to, you know, find somebody who does mediumship readings and then books a reading and you expect it to look exactly like it does on TV. And it's, it's not going to necessarily always be so smooth. There's that piecing together of information that can be a bit more, laborious can be a little painstaking at times and they oftentimes edit that out because that's not going to make for great tv and they only have so much time so always keep that in mind when you are booking a session with a medium that you don't compare it to what you're seeing on tv because you're not seeing the full process usually 
Okay, so I'm over an hour <laughs> and I'm glad I talked about this today. I was feeling the resistance and I'm realizing, I was like, I don't have the energy to talk about this. I just feel like I didn't. There's a part of me that was resisting talking about it in general, but I kept feeling the pull to do it. So I think it's important to share things as you're going through them and kind of be a bit vulnerable about it. And even when you don't feel like being vulnerable, <laughs> that's how I was feeling today, but I'm glad I did it. And yeah, if you like an episode like this, let me know and I can do more like this because I got, I'm keeping a notebook people. And that's another thing I feel resistance around journaling and writing things down, even though I'm like, Kate, I talked about it today. That's how I connect with spirit. I get, I get signs all the time. You need to be writing all of this down. Okay. You need to be keeping like track of all this. And I just resist, resist, resist. But one thing I have been making myself do is writing notes down around these sessions and trying to write some reflection around it too, because maybe this will be beneficial for me to look back on. And maybe it's beneficial to someone else who is also curious about mediumship or on the mediumship path. So yes, I hope you have a wonderful day and go check out boom, boom, boom. Let me hear you say way oh, way oh, and prepare to be a bit disturbed. And yeah, I will see you here, same place, same-ish time next week. Okay, bye.